Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics. How you doing? Welcome to the Fantasy MD's Baseball Podcast. Today is March 28th, 2022. This is episode number eight. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my co-host as always, Matthew Arne. Matt, how's it going, bud? Doing pretty good. Got some spring training. Got some got some stats, adjusting some rankings. Draft's yeah, almost gone. Draft time's almost here. Yo, it's a good time of the year. How you doing? I'm doing great. As as you said, excited, watching a lot of spring training games, getting my notes together, getting my rankings together. Got a couple drafts coming up this weekend. I'm, I'm excited, man. Couldn't be more excited for baseball at the moment. So um, today we're going to be bringing um, our relief pitcher rankings a little bit later in the episode, but we're going to start off here with some news and then we're going to get into um, spring training breakouts, guys that we're high on. We're really going to focus on some spring training stats and see who's um, stocks up and stocks down. So to bring in the news, some, um, you know, fun news for the fans, just a real uh, baseball heartwarming story. Cardinals are bringing back Albert Pujols, which is super cool. You know, he was there for most of his career. And I, I think that's great. You know, it's going to be his last season. He announced he's going to retire after this season. I just think it's super cool. Might not be very fantasy relevant anymore, but it's just a fun story for baseball. Matt, any thoughts on Pujols going back home? I mean, it's it's a great way to end his career since he, you know, pretty much got his start there. Uh, it's, you know, it's a nice little Cinderella story, and I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely. So one more little uh, news note, uh, note we want to hit on is um, Tommy Pham got signed to the Reds. I think that's a little interesting, you know, because they have a bunch of room in that lineup now, and it's a great park to hit in. I think he could potentially be a 2020 guy. I think I got my top um, – Top 60 outfielders now. So, you know, if you're looking for somebody a little bit later in your drafts that can offer a little bit of speed, a little bit of power, you know, I think Tommy Fan could be an interesting. Um, last year, I read you off his stats. He had 74 runs, 15 bombs, 49 RBIs, 14 steals, and he only hit 229. So, I mean, like I said, it's a little power speed combo. Matt, any thought here on Tommy Fan to the Reds? Uh, I don't think it has any fa- fantasy relevance, to be completely honest. Uh, it's not really for me. I'm not even going to look at him. You're in like Damn. a 15 or deeper league, you know, or some AL or I'm only whatever one he's in these days. Um, and he, then he has some relevancy, but other than that, I'm really not a, a big fan. All right. Well, I hope Tommy fam don't listen to the podcast, but all right. So uh, let's get into some more um, fun, interesting stuff here, guys. We're going to be talking about some stock up, stock down things here with um, spring spring training wise. One huge, huge one that I'm, I'm going to let Matt take the lead on here because it's uh, his boy, one of his uh, his big time keepers in our big money league. Uh, Matt, why don't you just go for it? I'm not even going to say the name. I'll let you take it over. So uh, we're going to talk about my man, Bobby Witt. Uh, the number one prospect for this year. It looks like the kid's going to break camp, thank God, because thank thank you for that new deal. And, um, you know, personally, I think that he's going to have an incredible season. So what he did this year uh, during spring training is just absolutely bana- uh, bananas. So he's had 16 at-bats, and he turned that into four, uh, four runs. He had a, a double, two bombs, five ribbies, a stolen base, only struck out once, and he's batting 438. I mean, you can't ask for much more, especially when you're looking for somebody that's going to translate into the bigs. First time oh, really yeah. getting any big, big league, uh, big league experience, and he's already smacking around. I'm smelling a lot of Chris Bryant spring training, except we're not probably not going to have to wait those two weeks. I'm very excited. He went up my rankings 
astronomically. I think he's my number seven overall shortstop. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back and everything Matt said. It just really looks like he's proven himself here. I don't see, I can't see any reason that the Royals could possibly come up with to hold him down. He's going to get third base eligibility when he comes up because they announced they want to play in that position and third base is putrid this year. So I, I definitely think I moved him up into my top 10 third baseman. Shortstop's a little deeper, so I think you might have him around 12 at short, which is still amazing. The kid's upside, I think, is 30-30 with a great batting average and, you know, runs and RBIs are going to be good. That lineup's going to be sneaky good this year. Uh, I think the ceiling that we're going to be talking about Bobby Witt as a second, third-round pick next year. So I'm I'm moving him up. Like Matt said, guys, move him up. Um, draft him with confidence. There's I, I, can't, I can't see a reason to hate. Only thing I'll throw out there is over the last two years specifically, um, prospects have had a hard harder time translating. Um, hence uh, Kelnick and um, Duran, who actually will tr- maybe will transition into here. So you know, as I said, you know, prospects have had a hard time translating. But you know, um, this guy Jaron Duran, outfielder for um, Boston Red Sox, he's actually raking so far in spring training. He didn't do great when he came up last year. I'll read you off his numbers from last season just to give you um, an idea of what he did do when he came up. After he got the call last year, he had it was 33 games, 107 at bats, 17 runs, two bombs, 10 RBIs, two steals, and he only hit 215. And here's the one of the most scary things: 40 strikeouts and only four walks. So that just shows no plate discipline. He's swinging and missing at everything, and it just it really it really looked it looked kind of down for him. But, you know, uh, he's looking a lot better in spring training so far this year. He's got nine games, 18 at-bats, four runs, six hits, a double, no runs or RBIs, one steal. And uh, the ratio looks a lot better here. It's six walks. I mean, uh, six strikeouts, three walks with a 3-3-3 batting average. So he's looking better. Matt, I know this is another guy that you're high on. Any thoughts on Durant here? Uh, I mean, when he was coming up, I was actually really excited for him. You know, there was a lot of upside surrounding him you know, what he could be. So when he got the call up and he did what he did last year was pretty disappointing. Uh, You know, ultimately I think that the kid has a good talent because what he did in the minors was, was pretty promising. So he had, what was it? Plate appearances, 283 at bats. He had 46 runs, 11 doubles, two, two triples, 16 home runs, 36 ribbies, 16 stolen bases. He batted about 258. But the year before, he batted 400 in a limited COVID season in Puerto Rico. Um, and then for two teams, he batted two, 288 as well in, uh, in 20. I guess that's when they did all their wonderful little stuff in the, for the minors and stuff. But he's mm-hmm. gonna, he has a better batting average than what he's showing in the bigs. And personally, that's I think right. he's going to he, he, he could take a step forward. What he's doing in spring is kind of encouraging. I'm not saying, you know, you're running, run, run out and draft them or even, you know, draft them as your last pick, but at least, you know, the second your draft's over and he's, you know, he's available, put him on your watch list, see how he does for the first couple of days and then you maybe scoop him up. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Duran is one of your late round flyers. You could totally do worse. Like Matt explained, he's got a lot of upside kit hit all throughout all the minors. But when I my, my point there is it's just it's kind of tough for some of these young kids to transition into the big leagues. So don't be shocked if we start to see, you know, over these next few years, some of these prospects take a little bit longer than an Acuna or Soto or a Tatis, you know. So just be patient with some of these guys. Don't forget about them. Perfect example I can give you is a guy like Byron Buxton, who also is raking the spring training. Um, I'm going to see if I can get you those numbers while I rant about him a little bit. But Byron Buxton is another guy who took so long. He was the number one prospect coming up for a long, long time. And it took him until last year to pan, to pan out. I'm actually going to read you his spring training numbers. This is a this is a fun guy to talk about, so I want to talk about him anyway. Uh, seven games, 17 at-bats, two runs, five hits, two of them are doubles, one's a home run. He's got two RBIs. He's got a steal. Um, five strikeouts, no walks, which is a little scary. But he's hitting 294. So I think Byron Buxton is somebody who, you know, even though he's been injury prone, is a super interesting name. I, I think um, I don't want to say stock super up on him, but I want to say that it's a little bit reassuring to see him in spring training games, running, hitting and doing all, all the things that we need to see guys doing coming into the season healthy. You know, Matt, any thoughts on Buxton here? I know I just threw him at you, but uh, I, I just I figured he's an interesting name. I mean, it's easy to talk about Byron Buxton's upside. So, I mean, if you look at those little stints of what he did last year, anytime he's really, really healthy and he's getting in a groove right before he goes down with some kind of injury like Alberto Montesi, um, you know, it's encouraging. I just think yeah. Buck, Buxton has a lot of upside. I think way more than Montesi. I didn't even need to bring his name up. but Nah, yeah, feel free. I, I mean, this is a free-range episode, free-range here episode. We could talk about anything. Yeah. Let's just get, get the fans the information out there. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's encouraging that he's running and doing what he's got to do. Let's just hope that he can put it together and stay healthy for a full season because then you're talking about a top-ten back. Yeah, I think so. That's that. That's going to be the thing with him. I, I want to read off last year what Byron Buxton did in a small clip. It was 61 games, 235 at-bats, 50 runs, 19 home runs, 32 RBIs, 9 steals. His um, He had 13 walks, 62 strikeouts, so that's not great, but it shows a little he was walking a little bit, and he hit 306. So Buxton showing us, like Matt said, he could be a, a first-round talent if he really puts everything together. I think um, I think it's going to be interesting. But you know what? Let's head back over to, to Boston. We were just over there. You know I mean? As Yankee fans, we don't like hanging on over there too much, but yeah. they do have a lot of fun young players to talk about, Matt. Matt, uh, why don't I pass this one over to you? Because I think, I, I think you know where I'm headed here. Yeah, so this is one of those instances where Dom was talking about guys that have a monster spring and then don't translate once the season starts. So last year, he was doing legitimately the same exact thing. He was mashing the ball, hitting home runs out the butt. And it looks like he's doing it again. He already has two bombs in. At an, uh, Who are we talking about here, Matt? Did you mention oh, it? Did I not say Do uh, Bobby Delbeck? I apologize. I don't think we did. That's Bob. That's Bob, big Bobby D, uh, Bobby Delbeck, Boston, first yeah. and third. My bad, guys. You're good. You're good, man. You're good. So uh, Bobby Delbeck of Boston, he was a prospect, like I said, had all that wonderful stuff going on spring training and didn't translate. He en ended up churning out an okay season. But this is this is promising that he's doing it again in spring training and hoping he's going to take a step forward. So seven ribbies, two bombs, batting 278, no walks, though, and five strikeouts. And that seemed to be his problem last year. So what he did last year was not, as, was not fun either. So – Ultimately, what he did was he had 417 at-bats, 50, 50 runs, 25 bombs, which is really nice, 78 ribbies, two stolen bases, and two, a batted 240. That's the part that kills you. You know, you want to see a little bit more higher, higher profile from him in terms of the batting average. Hopefully, we can get it up to like 250, 260. 
with those kind of numbers, I'd be pretty happy, especially where you're going to be able to get them this year. Dom, anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super. I'm, I'm, I'm high on Bobby Dahlback, and I, I'm going to tell you this. Matt read off his full season numbers. I'm going to read off what he did in just the second half last year. Just in the second half alone, Bobby Dahlback played um, 61 games. It's 175 at bats. He had 15 bombs, 42 RBIs, chipped in a steal, and guess what, Matt? He had 269. So I know, yeah, I know it's a small sample size. I know 61 games, 175 at-bats. But to hit 15 home runs in 175 at-bats and hit 269, to me, that's impressive. And um, he's only going to be 27 this year. And uh, Matt, did you read off his spring training stats? What he's doing in spring training so far? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, yeah, so – yeah, he's going off, as Matt said, you know, those two bombs, seven ribs, and the, the batting average is at 280. So, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm more than impressed with him. I'm not moving him up super high in my rankings, but I'm definitely, as I'm going later in the rounds, first base is weak this year, third base is weak this year. He's eligible at both of those positions in most leagues. So I'm definitely keeping a Raider on him. If I miss out at the position or if I, you know, if I get a guy a little uh, early that I'm not super sure on, I definitely don't mind having Bobby Dahl back as my utility or my first bench player ready to come in and take that first base or third base spot if my guys don't perform. I'm, I'm not worried about him at all. I'm, I'm, I actually think he's going to translate this year. I mean, Matt, that's, who you, that's go bold. ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's I mean, bold. I mean, I, so one thing about it that I didn't know was that second half because I kind of just was like, hands yeah. up, you know, I'm yeah. done with this guy. No, the, the power is the power's real. That's the thing. Yeah. He's a guy that could legitimately hit 40 home runs. I mean, if I think if he's hitting 40 home runs, I don't think the batting average is 270, but I'll take a, a Max Muncy 240, 250. You know, that's not the end of the world. 40 home runs is helpful in fantasy. And any, I don't care what kind of league you're talking about, 40 home runs is going to help you. Yeah, I mean, what he did at the end of the season and what he's doing this season is kind of showing a trend, at least. This is what I was trying to say. So, you know, it's it's something that's going to be interesting. So if he starts doing – keeps this up in the regular season, ooh, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I think so, too. So where did you want to go next, Matt? Uh, uh, any Anyone uh, standing out to you? So um, let's let's talk about your boy. I'm going to let you take this one. Ooh, we're, ooh, we're which talk- one? I'm excited. <laughs> uh, Cody Bellinger. Oh, okay. Okay. Here <laughs> we're gonna have a field day with this one, guys. Okay, so here's the thing with Cody Ballinger. I totally thought after the playoffs last year, oh, he's bouncing back. You know, he had a great playoff run last year. He looked great for um the Dodgers down the stretch there. Um, but here's the thing, you know, he is only gonna be 26 years old this year. So I mean, I'm not ready to fully write him off. But guys, here's what here's what's going on in spring training. I've seen a lot of his at bats so far, guys. I, I you know I got the MLB TV and I'm on there watching doing my scouting. Guys, he looks really bad. It's seven games, 19 at bats. So think about this: 19 at bats. Matt, you know how many strikeouts he has? 14. 14. He has 14 strikeouts in 19 at bats. It's three hits. They're all singles. No extra base hits. One walk. I mean, what's there to be excited about at this point? he's still going inside the top 100. I mean, I, I'm sure if anyone's watching spring training, if he's ADP is going to fall, but I'm still not interested at this point. I'm passing. Give me, give me Christian Yelich over him at this point. I'll take the Christian Yelich bounce back over Cody Bellinger bounce back. He just looks lost at the plate. He's there's no plate discipline. He's swinging at everything. It doesn't matter where they're throwing. They, they could, they could have Vincente Padilla up there pitching and this guy's still going to strike out at this point. The <laughs> only reason I, could 
possibly have any interest in him, it's the Dodgers lineup, and it's not even Cody Bellinger. It's like, oh, he's going to be in a Dodgers lineup, so he might score runs, you know. That's it. Matt, any any thoughts here before I, I just keep ranting about how bad Cody Bellinger is? Maybe, I hope he doesn't listen either. <laughs> um, I, He's probably going to end up punching you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, right? Bellinger is a, a, a curious case. I, I really hope it's not the shoulder thing because it may be indicating since he did come off that shoulder injury, I think he had something – done to it a little surgery missed a good chunk of the season last year yeah yeah he was banged up so you know it's one of those things where i hope it's not nagging him or he's not sore because of the ramp up but that's the other thing so yeah i'm not drafting him in the top 100 and i'm hoping his adp falls but if he's around like you know pick 120 140 150 and he's sitting there still i'm probably going to snag him for that upside because you gotta forget all x all-star XMVP, yeah, if I remember XMVP. correctly. Yeah, yes, yeah, so that's what I was about to say. There's, there's, there's that talent and that power. It may take a little bit of time, but if I'm getting them around those prices after pick 100, after pick 120, that's where that range is where I'm kind of okay with it, especially if, like, okay, I missed out on all the, all the outfielders, and he's my outfielder three, and I'm like, okay, yeah. well, my pitching stacked, or, you know, I got a really good infield, then I'm okay with it, and then I'll just take the shot and I'll see what's going on. There's, there's definitely upside to be had. But I'm definitely not drafting him in the top 100. Yeah, he's 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 gonna be interesting, man. Um, I did it in a mock today. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm 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 just trying to look over his stats here again before we move on and just see if there's anything else that stands out to me. And it's just the, just the only thing I could keep seeing is the last two years look really bad, and the 2019 where he won the MVP looks really good, where he hit the 47 bombs, 115 RBIs, 15 steals, and he hit 305. Just so I I will mention the upside Matt is talking about. Upside is MVP because. Um, I, once a player has shown a skill, usually they own that skill. So once a guy's hit 40 bombs, it, it says he can hit 40 bombs again. He, he's done it before. He can do it again. So their upside is there with him. Um, from there, let's transition over to maybe let's throw in a pitcher here. Yeah. Let's throw uh, – let's go to – let's talk about Justin Verlander. Another guy coming off um, surgery here, you know, um, guy is one of the best pitchers I've seen in my generation. You know, he's – He's a former Cy Young, former MVP. I'll read you off Justin Verlander's last healthy year here so you kind of get an idea of what he's capable of still. He's going to be 38 or 39. I'm sorry, he's going to be 39 this year. His last healthy season was in 2019 at age 36, and he had 21 wins, 2.58 ERA, 34 starts, 223 innings, 300 strikeouts, and an 080 uh, ERA. So, I mean, it's just a Verlander for you. You know, the guy just is one of the best pitchers of our generation, you know, 16 years in the bigs. Um, he's looking great so far in spring training. He's thrown 4.2 innings, four strikeouts, only two walks. Um, he hasn't given up a run and he's got a 107 whip. So, I mean, and the velocity looks there. I watched one of his starts. I don't know if he's, it's two starts yet. So I did watch one of those starts and the velocity was up. I saw him touching 98. I mean, I'm, I like Justin Verlander a lot. I don't want to really say too much more. <laughs> Matt thoughts. Uh, no, I think that uh, Verlander is <laughs> going to be a full send this year. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I tans down. I, I'm, I just, I'm just mad because we have a draft this week. But yeah, I'm I don't, talk I don't about him. 
everyone's gonna listen to me like, oh, Justin Merlin. Yeah. But yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about him because I'm still not scared of yeah, anything. Go this. ahead, go ahead, brother. So, so just just a heads up, everybody knows like, I'm not scared. You can show up on my rankings. I'll email. <laughs> but um anyway, Verlander uh is is showing a lot of promise due to the fact that he's hitting the high velocity after TJ and really not pitching. And you know, it looks like he's Verlander. And you know what? That's a scary dude. Uh <laughs> I think he's going to be a really nice value. Uh, he's not really flying up the draft board and from what I'm seeing. I think yeah. the ADP is still outside of the top 100. Yeah, do you have the ADP? Because I'm actually curious. You know what I'm asking? Since this is going to be a fun episode, I want to pull up his ADP. I'm well, actually really while I'm ranting, you look that up for me. Yeah, yeah, so, go ahead. So I think that right now, if I remember correctly where yeah. he's going, he's going well outside the top you're, 100. You're spot on, Matt. 106 ADP so, here. So that's a Steel. value and a half. Right 26 now. starting pitcher, according to Fantasy Pros. Right. So I give it another couple of days. That's probably going to go, especially if you're listening to this podcast. He's going to be bumped up. But, I mean, even at the yeah. bottom end of the top 100, you're talking 90s. I'm willing to pick him. That He's going around like guys like Webb and things like that. I'd probably take Webb over him. But that's just because that's how high I have him. But outside of that, that's where the drop-off starts kicking in with, you know, guys in the ADP realm, not my rankings. And yeah. just snag him up, and you're going to have it ready to go. I think that's a great transition. So let's talk about Logan Webb, another guy who broke out last year. Um, I'm going to read you his stats from last year. Logan Webb with the Giants last year at age 24. So he's still super young. He had, looks like he had 26 starts, uh, 27 games. So he did come out of the bullpen once here with the stat line. A 303 ERA, 148 innings, 158 strikeouts, and a 110 whip. So, and he went 11 and three. I think that's really good. I love the Giants team and it's a great ballpark to pitch in. And Matt and I have been ranting about this. And I'm pretty sure we brought it up in our starting pitcher episode, but the Giants are just really good with starting pitching lately. They've taken a lot of guys over the years and just turned them into very, very good pitchers. And I think they're going to do the same here with Webb. There is one little concern that I was talking to Matt with before we started here. Um, in spring training, actually, no, he's doing all right. Yeah, no, I was gonna say maybe I did look up the wrong thing. You looked up actually, the wrong web, so let me talk yeah, about him because you yeah, disrespected him today. Yeah, no, it looks like he actually's pitching good here. I, maybe, I got cool, this. Yeah, Matt, go ahead, go ahead. Take I that got over. the stats in front of me. So yeah, yeah, no, I see it too. Go ahead. So this is one of my favorite pitches this year. It looks like he's you know picking up where he left off. So he has a one point eight ERA. He has two games started, five innings pitched. Uh, he's only allowed one run. And with that, he has 10 strikeouts. Yeah. And 20. Oh, no, never Oh, mind. wait. Time okay. out. Matt, I think he pitched today. That's the thing. See, that's what I did say. So maybe he, he got lit up today. He so, didn't get lit up. How many runs did he give up overall on according to your – on your baseball reference, right? Right, one. Okay, so then he gave up four runs today. He had a four-run okay. start. Yeah, I mean, which is only one start. Like you said, maybe he's working on something. So I do yeah. want to – yeah, I mean, I'll, it's I'll training. take back what I said. Guys, yeah. guys play with launch angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, not launch angles. That's hitting. No, uh, no, yeah, yeah. Release points and, you know, curves and spins and, and grips. So probably playing with some new pitch. He does have so, 15 strikeouts, though, which is, is very I, – actually, I like that. 10 it's strikeouts. No, well, here's the thing. He started today, I oh. believe it was, or yesterday, because uh, MLB has the updated, updated got ones. They they update it as, like, right after they pitch. So he's got nine innings. It's 15 Ks, five earned runs. But I like it. I still, I'm still actually, I, I like it. I, I like the strikeouts to the innings. Like like we've been saying, maybe he's working on something there. But mm-hmm. I, he's, I think he's in both of our, like, top 20s. Oh, so absolutely. at least, yeah, minimum. So I'm um, a big I, fan. 
yeah, I, I guys, I'm drafting Logan Webb with confidence. You know, a lot of people are high on him this year. He changed his pitch mix coming into last year, which has helped him. I believe it was the slider he was really working on, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, I mean, guys, um, I, I like I like Logan Webb. Matt, same thing here. We're both high on Logan Webb. Mm-hmm. I think that's the consensus. Yes, sir. So where do you want to go next, my brother? I'll throw one you away. Who do you want to talk about? All right, let's talk about somebody you're also down on this year, but I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty high on. And Damn, I guess I got the haterade today, huh? Yeah, you do, especially <laughs> today because we're doing prep, and you know he's like yeah, prepping on all these guys, just, and I'm hate, really just hating so, on everybody. Yeah, he got here. the haterade cup. He stole it from my yeah, house. Here. Cheers. So, so we're gonna talk about Francisco Lindor. So he's having a pretty good spring. I'm not even gonna lie about this. So. he's been killing it he had 17 at bats he's got four runs he's got he's got three home runs six ribbies he walk only three strikeouts out of that many at bats and he's batting 412 so he he has three home runs geez yeah so francisco lindor just looks like hey like last year was a rough start didn't play spring training didn't didn't even play the for almost the whole first month last year i believe and on top of that he's on a new team playing in a way bigger park. So, you know what? I'm going to give last year a pass, and God help us if he starts doing what he used to do in 2019. So- yeah, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking over here, and I, like Matt said, the spring training stats look great. Last year wasn't very good, but I'm going to check his splits. I want to see if he picked it up in the second half because that will be very telling because, like Matt said, he had a ve- he was uh, in the MVP races uh, in uh, 18 and 19. He had, you know, 30-plus bombs. So let's see. I got his splits up here. It looks like towards the end of the year, the September, October, going to read you off that. It was 30 games, 113 at-bats, 23 runs, which is nice. Um, he actually hit nine home runs. Think about this. So this is 30 games, nine home runs at the end of the year in September, October for Lindor, 25 RBIs, no steals, and he had 257. So that's an improvement overall in the year last year for Lindor. He hit, um, he hit 230. So 257 looks, it's in the right direction. And then as Matt said, he's raking the spring training, hitting 400. Maybe he's starting to get comfortable here in New York, you know, Lindor. I'm actually, might have to move up my rankings a little bit, to be honest with you. It might be a little low, might've been a little lower on him, but he's looking, he's looking hot. It looks, um, things look up. Things look up for Francisco Lindor right now. I'm going to say so. Yeah. Right. All right, so let's keep it moving here. Let's maybe move back over to the, you know, we'll, we'll keep ping-ponging, pitcher-hitter here. Uh, let's go with the New York Yankee. This is, all right, wait, Matt, you want me to drink the hater right here? I'm going to do it on one of my home guys, um, yeah, on somebody, right. who've I, somebody, somebody who I've owned a lot over the past few years. That's Luis Severino, you know, starting pitcher of the New York Yankees. And I will tell you this, this is somebody I've definitely watched um, a lot of their, you know, um, Starts actually, they've only had two, and I've watched both of them. It seems like it seems like it's been a lot more the rate this guy's just been getting hit. So I'm going to read you um, Luis Severino's line for this um, spring training. Uh, it's two starts. It's a 17.18 ERA, 3.2 innings. He's given up seven runs, eight hits, a home run, five walks, only one strikeout. And Matt, you want to hear this whip? It is a three five four whip. 
Now, and that's not an ERA. That's not an ERA. That's a whip. It, the mm. whip of a, a three, five, four. So he's got an ERA as his whip right now. Matt, um, I'm moving. I moved Severino down earlier this morning. I don't know where you got him, but I think I moved him down to the 40s, maybe 45, and I had him up around 30. So he's just hit the full for me here. He doesn't look right. I think something's wrong. So, I mean, he is coming off TJ. I know. Um, he, what, had like two starts last year? Uh, yes, I, I have his reference up here, so I'll tell you exactly what he had last year. It was – he didn't start. He came out of the pen for four games. It was six innings, eight strikeouts, and the whip was good. It was a 5 whip, you know, I mean, and he didn't give up a run either. So, I mean, it was good, but something looks off the spring training. I can't couldn't tell you what it is, but something looks I mean, off. one thing you got to remember is a guy coming off TJ is somebody that's going to – he's going to lose control for a bit. And that's what yeah. I think we're seeing here. I don't think he's done, but no, I'm I don't not think he's done. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not, not saying drafting that. him. I'm not drafting him high at all. Like yeah. he's not even in my pick 150 consideration. But I, you yeah. know what? I'm willing to take a shot on him, but I'm not going to risk my whole my whole lineup on him. But I'll tell you what: there is a lot of upside if he starts doing what he was doing a couple of years ago, which there oh, yeah. is a possibility. Maybe maybe he's trying out some new things to adjust to everything that he's going through, and maybe the mechanics aren't there. So, I mean, yeah. I'm speculating, but you know what? With a guy with a talent, you know what? I, th- I don't think you just lose the talent. I think you just got to adjust to your body with your talent. So that takes some time. And yeah, that's, I think, where we're at right now. But it so, is not encouraging. Yeah. I mean, so I'll say this. He is, he is only going to be 28 this year. So that's not bad. He's still pretty young. And I'm going to talk about the upside that Matt's mentioning here. In 2018, Luis Severino went 19 and 8 across 32 starts. Had a 3.39 ERA in 191 innings with 220 strikeouts, and the whip was a 1.14. So you, that that's a, that's a top 20 guy, easy right there. I mean, the upside is really high, but once again, and I hate to sound like a broken record, I think something with either it's the mechanics or whether he's trying out new stuff. Um, I, I would need to see, you know, maybe he's got two starts left here before the start of the season. I'm going to have to see something here to, to take, like I said, we got drafts coming up this weekend, guys. And it's just like, there's so many good starting pitchers. It's just like, why am I going to take a risk on a guy who I don't know what, what what's going to happen here? I think it's like, uh, if anybody watches family guy, it's like, uh, Matt, you ever see that with episode where he's like, Oh, you know, you want a mystery box or do you want a boat? And then Peter's like, um, you know, uh, uh, a, mystery, a boat's a boat, but a mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. So to me, it's like, I'm going to take the boats and I'm going to leave the mystery box up to everybody else. You know, that's, that's my Luis Severino reference here. I mean, if you want to move on from there, we totally can. And uh, you could throw out another name, Matt. Yeah. So I'm going to bring it back to the bat, bats since we're, you know, we're going with it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, and that's going to be Jared Kalenic. Uh, some more, yeah, okay, interesting. Some more bad news, and this one seems to be sticking. So what we saw last year, I think, is what's going to continue. So he's not doing good, ladies and gentlemen. So it's really bad. He has 17 plate appearances. He has one run, two hits, six strikeouts, and one ribby, and he's batting 118. This no ain't walks. good, ladies and gentlemen. No walks. This is not good. I think this is the beginning of the end for Jerry Kalenic. Yeah. I, I think he's an outright bust. I'm not I'm not drafting him this year either, Matt. I'm just going to bounce off of what you're saying here. 
Uh, he was a highly, highly touted prospect coming into last year. He, um, but he didn't really show anything. He, um, when he got called up to the big leagues, he had uh, 93 games. He had 41 runs, 14 home runs, 43 RBIs, six steals, but he only hit 181 and he had 106 strikeouts and only 36 walks. So, I mean, some of the stats look fun. You know, the 14 home runs and six steals looks fun, but everything else just murdered you. I remember he, I remember when he got called up, it was like the first 41 games where he like did absolutely nothing. And I know he caught, he caught a little bit of fire, you know, there in the middle, but I know then towards the end, he slowed down again. So he had a little tiny bit of a peak, but that was about it. You know, man, I mean, I, I'm – I'm just really out on him this year. As Matt pointed out, the spring training line's atrocious. So I don't – unless he's like your last pick of your draft because you really think that there's something left, I don't see any reason to take him unless it's like Dynasty or a 20-man league. It's just that somebody just who I'm just totally out on this year. I'm just uh, – Jared Kelnick, I'm just done with him. Done. It's awesome. All right. So this is what I'm thinking. We talk about one more guy. Yeah, we, yeah, get into, yeah. we get into our uh, relief pitching. So that sounds great, brother. So here's here's one that I think we should talk about, and yeah. um, that's gonna be Alex Bregman. I'm gonna eat some crow just a tad, and I'm gonna say that uh, I guess that hand is looking a lot better, and I'm gonna say that I guess he's not. He, he may be a little bit better than I thought this year, but I still do not have hope. I'm going to stand by that. I don't think he's going to be as good as he is in the past, but he is look like he's going to be a better third baseman and more worthy of my 10th overall ranking at third base. So right now what he's doing is he has two runs, uh, two doubles, no home runs yet, three, three strikeouts, no walks, but he's batting 444. So, I mean, it's a promising start. I think that maybe this is kind of what the baseline is going to be. You're going to have like a very good bat that's going to, you know, get you some average, very minimal pop, but it's going to get you the, the, the peripherals of the runs and the and the uh, ribbies. I don't know how you feeling about them. Yeah, see, um, if you if guys if you if you listen to our third base episode, you'll one thing that I did mention as Matt saying here, he's a career two eighty one hitter. Alex Bregman is, so I think that you're definitely going to get some batting average from him. The pop, I mean, that's a big question mark because he still hasn't hit a home run yet this spring. It's only three games, so I'm not like super. I'm not going to say he's not going to have any home runs, but. Who I don't know if he's going to get back to that 31 of 2018 or that 41 of 2019, but if he can give you 25 bombs with a good batting average in that lineup, the runs and RBIs are just going to happen because it's a very, very good lineup. He's got a lot of guys in front of him that can hit, got some guys behind him that can drive him in. So I'm, 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 I like Alex Bregman as far as third base goes. Am I reaching for him in drafts being like, oh, I got to have Alex Bregman because he's Alex Bregman? No, not at all. But if, you know, you could do totally way worse at third base than Alex Bregman. So as Matt said, you know, that's our little um, spring training, you know, stock up, stock down, guys we like, guys that, you know, we think are improving, guys that we think aren't really worth anything. So from there, we're going to transition to our second half of the podcast, which is going to be our relief pitcher rankings. Um, We're going to go through our consensus top 10, and we're going to tell you where we got the guys ranked in our own top 10s as we go along. So starting off here is we have a little tie for number one. You know, we go back and forth. I'm going to start off with my number one. Um, It's Josh Hayden. 
Uh, I have him number one just because of the consistency and how long he's been doing it. I mean, the guy's been arguably the best closer since, uh, you know, 2019. You know, he had um, last year, I'm going to read you his line, which is a absolutely wonderful line. He went four wins, two losses, a one, two, three ERA across 60 games. He had 34 saves, 58.2 innings with 102 strikeouts and the whip of 0.83. So, you know, the, he's just one of the best closers in baseball, always getting it done, very, very reliable. I think he's going to have a huge number of strikeouts. You know, he's going to give you a good amount of innings. And I, I don't really think there's much else to say about Josh Hader besides, you know, a very, very high-end choice. I'd say take him highly. And, uh, Matt, any thoughts here on Hader? No, I think you've covered it. You draft him with confidence and you move on. Yeah. It's one of yes, those sir. click it and forget it. But we'll move on to my number one, and that's Liam Hendricks, our consensus number two. Mm. And one of the many reasons why is why I feel he's going to be – why I think he's number one is just the team he's on. I mean, obviously the talent, he's incredible. You know, he I'll read you what he did last year. He, had, he pitched 71 innings. He had eight Ws. 38 saves, 113 Ks, a 2.54 ERA with an 0.73 WHIP. Now that's some solid numbers. I mean, it ain't no one, two, three ERA, but you know what? I think the this, WHIP was better though. <laughs> the whip, WHIP was better. WHIP was definitely better, and he had more wins. So I mean, you know, it's a, it's a nice little bump, you know, a little little grab on the year on the week maybe that can help you out, maybe push you over the edge to get that category over somebody else. You know, it's one of those things where White Sox are a significantly better team and they're only getting better. So therefore, yeah. he has a higher probability of being in that position to take that and close it out. So, you 100%. know, he's going to I think this year he's going to be the best closer in baseball. Matt, it's hard to disagree with you on that at all. I feel like this is a situation like we had at first base with Vlad and Freddie. It's just like, I don't even think it's a one, two. I think it's like a one, a one B it's more of a mm -hmm. preference thing there. It's uh, these guys. I, I do want to preface this going into the position here. These two guys specifically are the only two closers that I feel deserve to be drafted within like the first 10 rounds. Now people want to disagree with me. There's other types of leagues. There's drafts and holds. There's all other types of leagues, but we're talking about the average home league. You know, that's what we're really here for guys. We're here for the average fan that, you know, just playing their home league and stuff like that is just trying to get an edge. So that's my edge. That's my thoughts here on the position is I'm not, I'm not really going that high on closers. If you're not getting a hater or a Hendrix, you wait till you're the end, the later rounds of your draft, you see who's left over and there you make the move. Um, I don't I don't know how you feel about that type of strategy in most leagues, but I, I just think that's where you're going to get an advantage. Because if you don't get one of these two, you might as well just wait. Because that this position closer is so volatile that, you know, we can go in and we can, we're going to read you our top 10 here. But I guarantee by the, going into next year that five, six of these guys aren't even going to be on the list. There's going to be a whole bunch of new guys. So, Matt, I know I'm ranting there, but I want to hear your thoughts on my little uh, my rant. <laughs> I mean, I think you nailed it. It's one of those things where, you know, it, it's nobody's job is safe except for the two guys pretty much that we we, call, we we just rattled off. Maybe a couple more guys we're going to talk about. But, I mean, top five is pretty much safe and then you're done. So, yeah. you know, you, you draft these guys. I don't know even if I'm – I'm not really – we call it a, a relief early. Uh, I kind of just let it ride. And I kind of deal with guys like who we'll talk about later, like a Knebel or something. And, you know, go that route and get a little bit more talent in the other categories versus, you know, one category that I'm pretty much drafting them for. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think we should move on here. Definitely, and... definitely. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get it to our next Thank guy you. here. Um, our number three consensus is Kenley Jensen. Um, somebody who's recently signed to a uh, Kenley Jansen. Sorry, I said that wrong. Um, he recently just got signed to the Braves. And I think, uh, you know, he took Will Smith's job, which is unfortunate because, you know, Will Smith would have been one of those closers who's, you know, very, very reliable and doing it for a long time. But Kenley heading over there, you know, supposedly he's going to be the one closing out games. I'll read you his stats from last year. You know, he's getting a little bit older. He's going to be 34 this year. But once again, what Kenley did last year, he went four wins, four losses, a 2-2-2 ERA. In 69 games, 69 innings as well. He had 86 strikeouts and he had a 104 whip. My thoughts on Kenley specifically, I have him ranked as my number three. And it's really just because of that he's been, you know, um, been just super, super reliable, you know, his whole career. Going back to 2012, he's been, uh, you know, uh, dominant closer. He's closed every single one of those years since 2012. So I think that you could just rely on him. I think you throw him out there every weekend. You're going to get saves. Matt, uh, thoughts here on Kenley? I think Kenley Jansen's solid. I'm actually glad that, uh, you know, he took the job of Will Smith. Right? That was his name? Yes. I did not have a brain. You're you're already perfect. (laughs) So um, I think that personally Will Smith gave up too much. I really didn't like him last year. I mean, he was a good closer. He got your saves, but it wasn't great. I think that there's a lot more upside with having Kenley Jansen on the, you know, former – World Series winner, champions, yeah. Atlanta Braves with that lineup, which is going to be ridiculous. It's one of those scenarios where, you know, I feel very comfortable rolling him out there every week and he's not going to lose his job. Yeah, yeah. So with that being said, you know, um, guys, take Kenley with confidence. You know, that Atlanta Braves team is going to win a lot of games, and I'm sure he's going to save a bunch of those. Um, going down our list here, um, we have um, Edwin Diaz at number four of the New York Mets. I think another guy that, you know, I mean, I know that I was saying at the top that, you know, um, it's really just Hendricks and Hayter. These other next few guys are reliable. Not, I'm not as confident in him as those other two. But if these are guys that fall, you know, I'm not mad at taking them. So once again, Edwin Diaz here. I'll read you off what he did last year. You know, um, 27 years old last year, going to be 28 this year. Um, he had went five wins, six losses, a three-four-five ERA. He had 32 saves. 62 innings, 89 strikeouts, and he had a 105 whip. So now I will say this. The whip is very, very improved on him. The last few years, the whip was very, very high. So I do like to see that, you know, as he's getting a little older, seems he's starting to find some control. I think the Mets are going to win a lot more games this year than they did last year. So that saves, you know, go up from 32. Maybe he gets up to 40. It would be super interesting. He did blow um, six saves last year. So, you know, if he can convert a few more, of those i think he does push maybe 40 saves and not really good mets team so i think he's definitely a top five closer hands down matt's uh thoughts here on edwin diaz of the mets so edwin diaz is is somebody that's been doing it forever and he you know he's all reliable as well so i mean i'm I'm gonna read his best year off and um that's gonna be where he had 57 saves in a single season in 2018 yes sir so you want to talk about volatility somebody that's you know all reliable this is the guy and it's not like he had a putrid year in 2019 either. He had 26 saves. Uh, and then last year, he still had 32. So, I yeah, mean, no, he's I'm, good. I'm not mad at that production. If anything, I think he's kind of – he's grown – got too much hate because of the ERA. But personally, I'm not drafting a, say, um, a closer 
for for his ERA. I'm drafting him for his saves and get me that only category that they're even good for. As long as they're not nuking me and getting a four or five ERA and they're just getting a boatload of saves, they're doing their job for me and I'm not mad at it. Because what, mm-hmm. seven innings aren't going to affect, if they even get seven innings in a week, are not going to affect my total ERA with my innings my innings pitched. So I'm not mad at it. And if, hey, if I'm getting 32, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, I, I think Edwin Diaz is another guy who's super, super reliable. Now, um, here we get into somebody who, Matt, you actually have a little bit quite quite high here. So I'm going to pass him off to you. That's some Jordan Romano of the Toronto Blue Jays. I know you were just ranting, but it is somebody you have a little bit higher. So I would like to hear your thoughts on him. Right. So Jordan Romano, the only reason he's so high is just based off of the fact of the team he's on. He's a little bit on the young side, but the fact that he really got the – got the trust of the team last year pretty much for well the he's, first he's time. actually going to be 29 he's not super super young his but base, he's his baseball yeah. career is young yeah yes yeah, true very true so he's only been in the bigs for three years yeah and then last year's the first time he really got the yes. chance to throw yes so they really unleashed him and gave him the trust and he he churned it out and i think that this year there's probably a little bit more upside especially now he's going to have a little bit more confidence the team is a lot better and I think the opportunity is quite big, and I think he's being overlooked. So, again, this is my ranking, not ADP. So you're going to be able to get him at a value. He's probably going to be anywhere from your number two closer to possibly even sneaking him in. Somebody's really looking over him. But right now, I mean, last year he did 23 saves last year, and he had a 214 ERA with a 105 whip and 85 Ks. And that's his first year with the with the, at the helm? Yeah, I'm going to take that upside. I think there's a lot more – behind that and a lot more to come and i see dom making that face that means he's probably thinking no. about raising them in those rankings i'm just saying i like him i got him um i'll tell you where i have matt you matt has him ranked third um i have him ranked number eight and here's the thing is i i do think i keep him there my my thing is and you know me and matt and i were talking about this earlier when it comes to closures specifically for me, my one, another theory, I'm going to throw out a lot of theories on closures here, apparently today. Um, <laughs> another theory I have on closures is um, I'm going to take guys that have done it before. I want guys that have been the closer or a closer for a team for, you know, before two years, three years, you know, or they've been the closer of their own team for a while. So I do have some guys ranked, uh, you know, ahead of him that we are going to get to uh, a little bit later on here. I'm just going to throw out two names specifically. You know, um, Blake Trinan and Corey Knable. Those are guys that weren't the closers of their teams last year, but they have been very successful closers before. They've had a lot more innings under their belt than a guy like Romano. So that's why I do have him a little bit lower. And I mean, I, you know what, Matt might be right. You know, the kids got a lot of upside here, especially on a team like the Blue Jays that are going to be in a lot of close games and they're going to win a lot of those close games. And if he's the guy closing it out all year long, yeah, he could totally wind up with 35 saves. I'm not, I'm not against that at all, but I just, like guys with a little bit more you know a little bit more safety behind them so you know let's get into our next guy here number six this is another guy who you know is one of those guys who is a little bit safer that's ryan presley of um the houston astros Astros. and i'm going to read off what he did last year here you know last year he had a five and three record with a two two five era 26 saves 64 innings, 81 strikeouts, and a 09 
0.6 whip. So a guy who is very, very good, you know, and he did get a chance to close um, in the, the COVID year, and he did very well that year too. He had 12 saves, 21 innings, 29 Ks. Whip was a little bit higher in a 1-1-3, but that's not his norm. So I'm not really worried about, you know, him, and I think that Houston Astros team is going to win a lot of games. He is going to be 33 this year, so a little bit on the older end. But once again, I like a guy like that that's been around a little bit longer, knows what he's doing, you know. Matt, thoughts here on uh, Ryan Presley? Safe as can be. I think that yeah, uh, if, you're going, if you're going into the draft and you walk away with him as your RP1, I think I think you're pretty happy about it. You're feeling pretty good. You know that you're going to compete in that category. Yeah. So, you know, you did a good job. And I think we could just move on on that one because you, you pretty yeah, much yeah. covered it. Matt, you got to take the next one there. Yeah, so I got Corey Knebel. So um, Corey Knebel is one of my guys. Yes, I, I am living out in Philly, but I've loved him since – where uh, on his previous on his not his previous team as in the LA Dodgers, but on Milwaukee. And when yeah. he was on Milwaukee that one year, he was just absolutely bananas. And he came out of nowhere. He was one of those gems that was like, oh wow, okay, he's he he stepped up and took over the job and was like, oh, I'm gonna take over. So here's what he did in 2017, the year I'm referring to. He had 39 saves. He had a 178 ERA with a 116 WHIP. And to boot 126 case. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do exactly that, but I'm going to tell you one thing. This Phillies team is significantly better than that Milwaukee team at the time. And he hasn't actually had the job where he can actually just get unleashed and get it rolling. But the kid has always been serviceable. It's not like he's had a horrendous ERA or gotten blown up, but when he does get in, he performs. So even last year, behind Kenley Jansen, um, he had a 2.45 ERA with 30 Ks and an 0.97 uh, whip and to boot four wins. So what does that tell me? The kid still got the juice. And now that he's going to have a full-time relief role, I think we're looking at a 30, 30 plus upside. So, you know, I'm drafting him with high confidence and he's actually one of my sleepers on the year for the relief, relief uh, category. Yeah, see, this is somebody that I, I really, really like. I, I think Knabel is going to have a huge year in that Phillies bullpen. Another team that I think is in a tough division. So they're going to win a lot of games. But I think the thing is with them is that, you know, he's going to be closing out those close games. Those wins are going to be very close. He's going to be the one closing them out. He could easily have another 35, 40 saves. He did it in, like Matt said, he that monster 2017 season, 39 saves. I don't see why he can't do it again with Philly. I think there is a lot of good closer options this year, but I think it's about how you play it. I'm not, I'm not jumping in, you know, that, and like, just because everyone did it, I'm not being like, oh, the last four picks were closer. So I got to get mine now, you know, as we're reading you off these names, they're good names, but it doesn't mean that you need to, you know, oh my God, the last four picks were closer. So I got to get me a Corey Knievel or, a, you know, a Jordan Romano. No, play, play your hand, wait. And then as you know, be like, oh, I listened to the fantasy MDs. They told me about all these other good closers. You know, if these guys are getting jumped on, somebody else is falling. So, you know, as we go on, you know, our list here, you know, once again, I love Canable. Let me, uh, let me just say one thing. I apologize. No, no, T bro. Come on. This is the half fun episode. We having fun, brother. Go ahead. So I'm just letting everybody know who was, had this job in Philly the year before, and he was absolutely putrid. And that's Hector Naris. He had a lot of blown saves. He had fresh blown saves. So he started, he started to lose the job at some point. And, you know, they started working in other guys and he just didn't get the confidence of the team anymore. But 
if he would have not blown those saves, he would have had 19 saves and <laughs> the Phillies lineup actually uh, record would have been a lot different too, because of him, but oh, yeah. also to show when he had a good year and he's ac- actually one of the worst closes I've ever seen. He still had 28 saves in the 2019 season being as terrible as he is. And Corey Knebel is going to capitalize and do a lot better than that. And then the last, fully, that's the last I have on that. Fully, fully agree with you, brother. I mean, so let's move on to our next guy here who actually just did get a contract this year. Um, got, got re-signed. So this is another guy, very, very safe. That's Rysel Iglesias of um, Angels. I think, you know, you don't really have to worry about him. Another guy, you just, you draft him, you put him in and, and he's reliable. I'm going to read you off what he did last year. He had 34 saves, seven wins, five losses, a two, five, seven ERA. Um, I, I don't know if I said 34 saves or not, but I'm saying again, 34 saves, 70 innings, 103 strikeouts and an 092, um, whip another guy, super, super reliable. So I, you know, once again, guys, all these closures are very, very good. I'm not, I'm not going too high on any of them. I'm not going too late on any of them. If you took all of these names besides the top two, shook them up, threw them out and said, Hey, this is the top 10 you know, top, the top eight after the, you know, the first two, I'm not mad at it. My thing is more about value of where are you getting these guys in your draft? I know I keep saying it, but I want everyone to remember that when they're going into their drafts that don't focus on the name as much as where you're getting the guy. Cause all of these guys that we just named are very similar. We named off their ERAs, whips and stuff. They're all very similar. I focused on opportunity the team is the team going to win a lot of games um are they going to get you know a lot of save opportunities are they uh, close games then yeah take the guy you know it's very it's a uh, you know matt maybe i'm ranting here you want to take over because i just really feel like this position is a position to wait on and take the names who are available later rather than say hey i'm specifically targeting targeting this guy yeah i mean i have a metaphor for everybody who plays fantasy so being that I'm a fantasy baseball player, I also play fantasy base, uh, fantasy football. So what's the position I draft late? And that's tight end because I genuinely don't care about it normally. They're the least productive position. They don't uh, give you a lot of production. And that's the same thing with closers. So they only really good for one category. And then they kind of give you a little boost in, in ERA, just a hair. And then every once in a while, they throw a win in there and it helps you win your week, maybe. So... This is one of those things where I just I don't care to draft them high unless it's the uh, the one and two there. Other than that, you know, they're after pick 100. And then if anything, I'm just scraping them together. And who, once one guy loses his job, that's when I'm picking up the next guy and I'm kind of just rolling with it. So, yeah, let's just move on here. We're going to hit um, Blake Trinan, uh, the new closer of the Dodgers, the evil empire. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know. Just based off of what he did last year in a supporting role, also with Corey Knebel there, you know, given that little of a indecisiveness of who's getting what. But he had seven saves last year. He had six W's last year, which is kind of incredible in a supporting role in 17, uh, 72 innings. And he had 85 Ks and a 199 ERA and a 098 uh, whip. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I'm sure those other those last two stats I read off the whip in the area are going to come up a little bit because you have a lot more opportunity. But those saves, those saves are going to be there. I mean, you all know about the Evil Empire; yeah, they're going to be yeah, doing their things. And I think that Kenley Jansen, you know, he had 38, and I think he's kind of towards his end of his career. I'm pretty confident yeah. that Blake Trinan is going to step up and just have the same production, in my opinion. I fully agree with everything you're saying, Matt. And once again, it's the case of. 
literally, if you put a blindfold on, on me or just if I didn't have big score reference in front of me and you were just reading off all of these numbers, I swear all of these closers numbers are very, very similar. I'll tell you the difference about Blake Trinan, though. He's on the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to win 100 games and, you know, he might wind up getting 45, 50 saves. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I'm going to say this. In 2018, Blake Trinan had 38 saves for Oakland. Um, 80 innings, 100 Ks, uh, 0.83 whip. He even won nine games. So I think he's actually one that I could. I don't know where I have him ranked. You know, my my closer rankings are a bit of a in shambles here as I you know keep going through them. I have him actually ranked fourth. So I think that's you know I I he is one guy that I will say this that I am kind of high on. I was I was saying that oh you know the positions you know a lot of these guys are the same. He might be one of those guys that I might be like oh, all right you know well if I am targeting a closer at any point he's might be one that I you know I kind of do pick out of the 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 mishmash of closers here. I will, I will throw that caveat out there as we do, you know, kind of get towards the end of the position here. I'm going to go to our last guy, Matt, if you have anything else to say about Trinan. Anything? All right. So we're going to go on to our last guy here. That's a manual class. A guy who came on the scene last year, you know, for the Indians, the now the guardians, he throws gas, throws 101 miles an hour, smooth, very easily. So that's one thing I like about him. He's only going to be 24 years old. I'll read you his stats from last year. He had four wins, five losses, which I think is more of the team than him. A 1-2-9 ERA, 71 games, 24 saves, 69.2 innings, 74 Ks, and a 0-9-6 whip. So once again, kind of similar numbers to all the other closers. But I think the thing with him is here is that he's only you know going to be 24. He could possibly take a step forward. Somebody who I do like once again, I'm not. He's not like a Trinan, not targeting him over anybody else. But he's somebody if I get as my closer, I'm not mad. I'm. I think he's a good value. I think you take him with confidence. I think that 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 Guardians team isn't going to win a lot of games, but I think the games they do win are going to be close. I think you know, so uh, he will get a decent amount of saves. 20, if he gets you 24 saves again. Hey, you know, you chalk it up and you're happy about it, you know? Matt, thoughts here on Emmanuel Class A? Well, he seems very Class A. So <laughs> I know, like that. That's a good one. That's a know, good one. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, you know, the guy guy's only been doing this for two years. And this yeah. year he's another one that just finally got the got the reins like Jordan Romano and yeah. showed up. So I think that they were going to be very confident. But the only reason why he's all the way at the bottom and uh, at our top ten, that he's number ten, and where I have Romano at three is the Guardians are not as good. I'm actually, I'm yes. going to say the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Indians <laughs> are not as good yeah. as the Blue Jays. And that's the only reason why he's number 10. Actually, he's my number 11. He's not even in my top 10. So, yeah, uh, I have him a little higher than that. That's yeah. how he made the cut. Exactly. Dom has him at seven. So, yeah. you know, he's classy and all that, but he, he ain't classy enough to break my top 10 because, of, because of the Cleveland Indians. If he was on any other team, one of these better teams, I'd probably have him up there and probably in my top five because the talent's there. And, you know, I, what I do like to see is when, it, when a closer gets the reins and owns that, owns that opportunity, there's generally a better production coming the next year. The only thing is I think he's limited in the save category just due to the fact that they're going to probably get blown out, especially after they try and trade Jose Ramirez this year. So Yeah, yeah. 
You're not wrong. You're not. You're not wrong at all, Matt. That that is the risky thing with Class A. Maybe he does wind up getting traded too if they're doing really bad towards the half of the year. But see, that is the thing. I don't know if he would wind up going to a team where he's closing. Right. So he is. He is a guy to be a little bit careful with. He. I would draft him lower in that top ten. But he is a guy who has that upside. Very very good pitcher. Very very good stuff. Nice fastball. Nice slider. So I think I'm, I'm not really worried about you know if he's a good pitcher or not. Like as Matt said, it's more about Cleveland and what they're doing as a team. So, you know, with that said, Matt, um, anything else here or you want to sign off, brother? No, let's stay classy like Ron Burgundy. Yeah, yeah we're going to keep it classy here. But uh, from uh, New York, you know, uh, and uh, and Philly, um, that's all for today. Guys, uh, if you do want our full closer rankings, you could t- email us at FantasyMDs. Just throw us a follow, like a review, you know, and we'll send you over to them. Guys, with draft season right around the corner, you need all the help you can get. We all need all the help we can get. So the Fantasy MDs are here for you. Um, look out for our next episode that's going to be dropping Thursday. We're going to probably be talking about, like, best draft tips best um, draft strategies and how to go about things coming up for this draft weekend, which is going to be the biggest fantasy uh, draft uh, weekend of the year. 